This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. But here it really does feel like it's part of the adventure to be on the swing, like you're in a really wonderful, unique location. And then on a clear day, you really can see all of the beautiful trees underneath you and it looks like you're swinging out over this endless abyss. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and today we are adventuring to the swing at the end of the world in Benos, Ecuador, which lies over 8,000 feet above sea level and has the perfect right angle to the swing to feel like you are truly swinging at the end of the world. And here to talk about this adventure scenic swing is Jen Ruiz from Jen on a Jet Plane, um, which her website is jenonajetplane.com. She is a lawyer turned full-time travel blogger and author and is a number one Amazon bestseller three-time TEDx speaker, and two-time award-winning travel journalist, who's also been featured in the Washington Post, Forbes, and ABC News. So she came onto the show to share her adventure of going on this amazing scenic swing in Ecuador. Welcome, Jen, to Experiences You Should Have podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. And it's this is a really fun episode because we are talking about the swing at the end of the world in Ecuador. So, uh, so Jen, I am just very curious about when you were at the swing at the end of the world. Thank you, Gail. Yeah, it was in 2017 for me, a year that I was doing a personal travel challenge to see as many places as I could before I turned 30 while I was still working full time. And Ecuador is serviced by JetBlue, which is a really great budget airline. Uh, So when I found the ability to go there for under $300 round trip, um, I jumped on it. And then I knew that I wanted to go to this um, epic swing at the end of the world to really get a cool picture, to try something different, and to say that I accomplished this kind of dare devil feet of, of actually going on that swing. Wow. Now, were you solo traveling or do you have friends with you? For the most part, I did solo trips that year. I had maybe two where I took friends and uh, the Ecuador one was solo. Wow. Well, take me through this epic day. Um, you know, where, where did you fly into 
And, and what were you feeling as you were thinking about going on the swing? Absolutely. So I actually flew into Quito, Ecuador, which is the capital. And it's a really fascinating city just because it's uh, on the equatorial line. And it's a very um, unique place to go for medicine and a lot of really amazing biodiversity and the fruits and the fauna that they have there. Um, so that was the landing point and it was a really great introduction to the country. But then you kind of go another three or four hours. I particularly went by bus um, and took myself to Baños, Ecuador. Um, yes, kind of like bathrooms. Um, <laughs> so, um, very easy to remember, um, but was named after these kind of hot springs that the area has naturally. And it's also a very big adventure headquarters. So some of these adrenaline sports that you could do in other places like bungee jumping or um, anything like that, parasailing, all of that you can do there. There um, for a fraction of the price. Like, let's say you would do it for $120 um, somewhere else, New Zealand, wherever the case may be, um, you could do it there for $30. Um, and maybe not parasailing. I think that's an ocean one. I think more of this like skydiving or the other one where you can just kind of run off a cliff like with paragliding. Yeah. yeah paragliding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so they have all kinds of different adventures that you can do there. And for me, um, all of those were way too ambitious. Um, um, I knew I wasn't going to be throwing myself off a cliff or doing any kind of activity that could involve, you know, me going splat. Um, so, <laughs> um, so the swing seemed like something much more achievable. So still a really amazing experience, but something within my level of comfort when it came to adventure, um, because it was just basically a swing, right? Everybody's familiar with a swing. Everybody's taken one and, and elementary school parking or lots and playgrounds and things like that um so it was something that I knew I could do uh didn't take much skill level on my part uh and then it seemed that people were doing from all over the world from all kinds of ages and you know backgrounds so it just seemed like a safe bet it is not easy to reach um it is very it's not close to the city center where you stay in Baños. You have to go much higher in elevation and you can go by bus. You can go by kind of tourist group if you want somebody specifically to take you there since it's so popular now. Um, I just took a bus up there and I actually had friends that had a rental car that I made while I was staying there and they offered to give me a ride back. Um, so it was fairly easy to reach just because it maybe was off the beaten path once, but now a lot of tourists are coming just for that. So that they've made it easier and easier to get there. Um, and then once I got there, it was a very streamlined process. There was a tree house that's been built. Um, there's different, there's two different swings you can take on either side of it. Um, and so I just got on it and somebody swung me over the abyss of this kind of jungle rainforest area. Um, for very just cash tips essentially so it was a really accessible easily affordable place to get to as well in terms of that um and then it was just a crazy experience for me particularly it was really enjoyable until they started to twirl me um, oh yes so everything was going fine and good gail as long as we're going back and forth easy peasy um but then 
things started to go sideways, literally and figuratively, um, when I was being twirled out. So I was being swung out by the volunteer. And so he decided, you know, I was getting too much of a hang of it. So he was going to throw some curveballs my way. And so he just started to spin me. Um, and then it was a foggy day. So it wasn't really 100% clear what you're being swung out into other than just kind of fog and this gray abyss like almost like um, static on a tv um so how far up are you for the swing i don't know distances very much but far up enough where you're you feel like you're on the peak of a mountain and you're over um just a really deep drop off even though it's not that bad because the immediate drop off would maybe be like 10 to 12 feet it feels optical illusion wise like you're on top of the world that's why it feels that way um I would say at least, and you really don't know elevation. I would really just be guessing. I wish I were better yeah. with like, uh, like a thousand feet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really not sure off the top of my head, but it's big enough that it's like overlooking the city, which is lower down into the valley, um, and feeling like you're on one of the highest peaks in that area. Now, are you harnessed in, or are you just simply on a swing? It's just like a little board, two ropes on the side, and then they have a a belt that you can put over you, but it feels like, uh, like a novelty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, it's funny when like a safety feature is like being described as a novelty. Um, okay. So did you feel, did you feel safe on it? didn't feel unsafe because it I mean until I started spinning and even with the spinning I felt like every time I came back I had there's a little bit of a ramp that you have to step on so that you get like the most volume and speed as you go out um and so my feet I felt like at any point of time when I was coming back with the ebb and flow of swinging back and forth I felt that when I came back at any point in time my feet could actually touch the ramp if I wanted them to um so that's actually how I stopped myself because I was not enjoying the spinning out like it felt like being on one of those carnival rides where you're just like Mm -hmm. spinning really fast and sticking to the wall um and so I stopped myself I put my feet down as I kept hitting the ramp and I stopped myself and I excused myself from the ride, swing, however you'd like to call it. Um, and then stumbled off at that point, kind of dizzy and, and feeling a little bit queasy. Um, and I wonder if it had been different if I'd actually had more visibility and more ability to kind of gain equilibrium with my ears and, and just seeing where I was going. Um, but I think the spinning is really what did it for me and, and made me very queasy. So I actually had a bit of a a bit of a vomiting spell after that. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is experiences you should have. We don't want any of our listeners to have a vomiting spell. So you, so for our listeners, you might want to refrain from spinning I on would, this. I would make that specific request um, because I think they thought it was all in good fun. And then as I was out mid-spin screaming, everybody's taking pictures. And, you know, it does look like a good picture, but in the moment, it's not great. So I would take it easy because you're already at a higher elevation. Um, um, your, your body's already going through a lot from traveling. Um, and I think they do it just because they think it's fun the same way. I guess people think 
I don't know, being scared in horror movies is fun. Um, I've never really gotten that. Like, I don't really Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, I think that they thought that it might be enjoyable for me. I would definitely be very clear about your preferences because they're working there for on a volunteer basis for tips. So they do want to make sure that you enjoy yourself. I think I come off as very enthusiastic and smiley and energetic when I'm trying new things. And so I think people think that I have more gumption or, or this kind of um, bravado than I actually do, um, whereas I end up just kind of clinging to the rope, swinging uh, wildly from side to side and screaming my head off going, let me off. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think it can be an experience that's done in a much milder way if you're vocal about it from the get-go. Okay. So why do you think others should have this experience? Well, it's so unique to feel like you're in this really secluded part of nature. Um, So Baños in and of itself is wonderful because it's affordable, because it's easy to travel to as an American. You use U.S. currency and you use U.S. outlets, so you don't really have to worry too much about um, all of those conversions. And it's just a unique experience. It's not often that you can say that you went off of this like jungle treehouse and that you were over this unique unique, untouched area. It just feels very secluded. And for somebody who's always in a city, for somebody who has all the hustle and bustle, for somebody who's been feeling really stressed and um, like they're just in a crowded area and like they've seen a lot of the worst of people, it's it's really wonderful to get out into the middle of nowhere and see nothing but the best, most genuine people that are really just there with the intention of sharing their resources with you and, and making sure you have a good time. Um, so it, especially in Ecuador, I just thought it was a really hospitable, easy place to travel to and with really memorable, unique experiences. Um, everybody loves these kind of scenic swings, but it really does feel like an adventure in a different way. I've done scenic swings in Bali and in a lot of other places, um, but it felt very controlled, very safe, um, very mild, almost as if like it was just for the pictures. Uh, you didn't really feel like you were having much of an adventure on the swing, just like taking the photo. But here it really does feel like it's part of the adventure to be on the swing. Like you're in a really wonderful, you know, unique location. Um, so that in and of itself makes it worthwhile. And then on a clear day, you really can see all of the beautiful trees underneath you. And it looks like you're swinging out over this endless abyss. Um, and so it's really great to, uh, to see if you can get that photo on a clear day specifically. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It sounds like an experience you should have minus the, the, <laughs> the spinning. That's where we, don't, we don't want people throwing up. <laughs> I feel I have to be honest about it. because Yeah, no, it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, well, let's get to some logistics. Um, well, I'm first, first curious, how long does the swing last, would you say? Um, a couple of minutes because it's up to you and how long the line is. If you go early in the day or later in the afternoon when you're avoiding the crowds um, because the buses go up at certain times during the day and so 
whenever the buses arrive, that's usually when you'll see the most people. If they're trying to get through big crowds of people, you'll probably have like two to three minutes. But if there's nobody else there in the line and, and it's pretty sparse, then you'll be able to get longer. Again, it's on a tip basis. I think the actual admission is like a dollar fifty or something really reasonable. Um, and then the person that's swinging you, you leave them a tip. Um, and so it's up to you and, and them and the time available and how much demand there is, but it could be longer. You could go more than once. You can make the line again. Um, so that's really up to you and, and how much of that experience you want to get. Okay. And what month were you there in? I was there in October. October, which is perfect because I believe the, the rainy season is May through September. So I think you just missed the rainy season. Yeah. Um, I was bummed. I thought I was hoping I'd get more visibility. I was trying to miss that on purpose and, and go the best day possible. I would say the best advice is to take a couple of days there so that you have multiple options um, and that hopefully you can get a clear day. Yeah. Now, did you see any children doing the swing or were there any age restrictions? There were children and families there. It seemed like a very tourist-friendly place. They were welcoming everybody. Um, there wasn't any particular like height or weight restriction, any particular you know ticket office to enter where people were measuring you or anything like that. It was much more informal, um, just the entry and the lines to take the swings. So possibly there may have been, you know, if you have a smaller child, somebody might've brought up a concern, but I think it's kind of left to the discretion of the people that are there. If the family feels okay with the child getting on the swing, um, I wouldn't necessarily put super young children on there again because it's um doesn't really feel you're not harnessed in or anything it's just very loose um so you just want to have somebody that's able to really hold on tight and and understand the gravity of what they're on um but i would say for like 10 years and up and again this is probably take this with the same grain of salt as my measurements because i don't have children so i feel like it's hard for me to gauge like how mature is a 10 year old? I'm not hundred percent right. sure. Um, yeah. But you would know based off your own family, there were a lot of families there. It is something that you could do. You know, there's not any set age or height restriction. I would say as long as you feel safe with it um, and have somebody that's of the maturity to really understand the gravity of like, you have to hold on and you have to be serious on this because you don't want to get hurt. So you want to take it seriously and not kind of goof off on the swing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what if someone has limited mobility where there are steps or a ladder, you know, what was the accessibility like to get up um, to where the swing was? It's an interesting area. So it's a rocky area in terms of just walking. So I would say anybody with a wheelchair, crutches, things like that, it would be a little bit more challenging. It's just rougher terrain. It's not like paved or really well, you know, set out for wheelchairs to roll on or anything like that. So um, you can take a car up to that very top. As I mentioned, I actually had friends that drove me back. Um, so you are able to drive up yourself if you don't want to go with the bus. So maybe there's a vehicle that's um, able 
able to accommodate you or a special vehicle that you have. Um, from there, I would say as long as you have something that's able to go across different terrain, there isn't anything that's prohibitive like steps. Um, it's because it's a mountain, so it's pretty much flat. It's just a matter of getting through the rocks and dirt and all that stuff that's on the floor. Um, for the ramp itself, um, well, there's a ramp, so it depends. I would imagine it would be harder to roll on because it looks kind of like a skateboarding ramp. Um, it's, it's a ramp, so I imagine it's hard to get up to the top of it. Um, so it really depends on you. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a wheelchair friendly place, but possibly mm -hmm. an easier place for somebody just who doesn't really want to walk so much, especially if you get the ride all the way up to the very top. From there, the amount of walking required is like a minute, two minutes, just it's right there. It leaves you right at the entrance. It's just a matter of navigating that terrain to get to the point where you can actually propel yourself off. Okay. And what should you wear if you're you're going uh, to the swing at the end of the world? So it depends on what your goals are. So obviously some people might be going just for the picture and they want to wear something really pretty, a really pretty skirt, things like that. You're absolutely welcome to. I personally, the whole time I was in Baño, since it felt so adventure heavy um, and I wanted to be comfortable, I wanted to be ready for anything that came my way. I just wore workout attire. So, you know, tights and a workout clothes, like an Under Armour shirt and um, a sports bra and just. I wanted to make sure if anything happened and I was flailing my legs about like crazy while being swung that I wasn't going <laughs> to accidentally flash anybody. Um, and so, <laughs> um, and I felt really comfortable in that and that attire, just kind of how I would work out anywhere else. Sneakers. I felt really good walking on that terrain with my sneakers in general. So I wore active clothing, but I don't, I think you would be okay if you wanted to switch into a dress or something more photogenic. Um, it just depends on the person and what they're comfortable with. It is humid. It's usually hot. Um, and it's a lot of activity just to get up there and end back. So I would wear something that you're comfortable being in for a few hours and that you're comfortable walking in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you mentioned, um, the, the guys at the swing are working for tips. Mm -hmm. How much did you tip them? Um, so they have a little tip bucket there with cash kind of encouraging you to tip them in dollars more so than coins and things like that. So I think I left maybe anywhere from three to five dollars. Um, there wasn't a lot of expectation to tip heavily. And I think this is a role that maybe a companion who's with you could fulfill, but they have staff there to actually be the designated pushers. Um, and so I think if I was with somebody, it would have been different and maybe they could have pushed me or something like that. But you're kind of encouraged to go and, and utilize their services and to tip along the way with everyone too. There'll be vendors on the way in um, that'll be trying to sell things to you. So bring plenty of cash. Um, but it is a cash tipping basis thing. It's not really a place where they have Venmo or credit card utilization. Um, so bring cash on hand, leave a couple bucks to tip the swing person. You're not expected to tip them exorbitantly. You don't have to tip them $20. It's not like they led a full on adventure tour for you for the day, um, like whitewater rafting or something like that. Um, so it doesn't have to be crazy. And I think in general, in the US, we have a really heavy 
tipping culture. Um, mm-hmm. So for me in general, like if I even just say in a few bucks, I feel this inner shame to be like, oh my goodness, I did it that I tip sufficiently. Um, but it was yeah. on par with others. I think you just give a few bucks their way and, and just um, it's on the basis of gratitude. So anything that you give is appreciated. Great. And the currency is US dollar, right? It is. It is. It's so easy to travel there, um, which makes it maybe a little bit more dangerous for me because I always have US dollars that I save uh, just in, in case of emergency. And so when I go there, I, I remember I specifically recall that I had spent all my cash without intending to. And the next thing I know, I was like, oh, man, I don't I ran out of cash because um, it's easy <laughs> to spend when you have a place that accepts the currency you already have and you don't have to worry about changing it. Um, but yeah, really easy to eat in restaurants there. In restaurants, credit cards were accepted pretty widely. There was good Wi-Fi service down in the valley um, where the main hotels are and, and that area as well. It's when you get up into the mountains and the uh, natural parks in the areas immediately surrounding that you maybe uh, lose a little bit of service and it becomes much more cash only. Got it. Now, now Banyos is a few hours away from Quito. Uh, what else did you do in Banyos or, or would you suggest if people are getting the most out of their experience? There is so much to do. Um, so I wanted to try something adventurous. I did rappelling down waterfalls. And oh yeah, nice. It was Some canyoneering. Yes. And this is one of the best places to do it. Really beautiful, really scenic. Um, also think maybe that I underestimated what that would entail. Um, so it was going down six different waterfalls. And I think halfway down the first one, I immediately regretted my decision. Um, and and I only say this because, you know, I was flailing about while hanging on a rope and having the full weight of the waterfall crushing down on my head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but at that point there was no other way to go, but down. Um, so I just had to finish the five and a half other waterfalls and make my way down, but there's no like escape route. You just, you just got to go through it at that point. Um, and so really interesting. I think the repelling part was especially challenging because there was their waterfall. So it was very slippery down the side of the waterfall and hard to lose, easy to lose your traction. Um, But that was an interesting experience for anybody who is still looking for some thrills. Um, Really great place to do it because they're consecutive one after the other. So very scenic. Um, And I just did it with a group, I think maybe like two other people. Um, So it felt like an almost private tour. And and that was a really wonderful experience. Just hiking in and of itself. They have these stairs there, like the devil's stairs. Um, But they're like El Pilon, I believe it's it's called. I don't remember off the top of my head. But um, there's these stairs that are just really beautiful close to a waterfall you have to take a bit of a trek to get there um so just for somebody who's interested in hiking and and seeing a really gorgeous site without overextending themselves without getting on crazy terrain just kind of um easy hike in and out of a natural park area um that's a great option as well those stairs specifically um And then any other kind of different activities there. So like I mentioned, there's skydiving, there's whitewater rafting, uh, anything adventurous that you can think of, they do it there. So it's a really great place for anybody that just wants to reconnect to nature, you know, experience some thrills and feel like they've conquered a fear. 
oh, it sounds like my kind of place. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is where I should retire. Peños, Peños, Ecuador. I, I went to Guayaquil and the Galapagos, but I didn't make it over to Quito or Peños. So I will need to, to go back. Oh, wonderful. Well, I would love to make it to the Galapagos. That's a bucket list item for me for a long time. Oh, yeah, you should. Uh, this podcast actually began in the Galapagos. So Ecuador is a very special place to my heart. Wonderful. I agree. I think Ecuador is really underrated. I think in general, they just don't promote tourism in the same way that their neighbors, Peru and Colombia, that everybody knows about and everybody travels to and hoards. Um, Ecuador is a bit under the radar and it's a hidden gem that people don't really know that much about. And I think that there's a lot to offer there in terms of wildlife and adventures and food and uh, shopping mm -hmm. and souvenirs. I have these beautiful um, like different alpaca products that I got from there and like hand embroidered um, clothing. So really wonderful things that you could do there. Yeah. And how did you feel uh, safety wise and just being um, a female traveling through Ecuador? I felt good about it. I think it's definitely somewhere that I've felt was a bit of a bubble and in Baño specifically, Quito was a bigger city. So definitely had my city street smarts hat on um, because it's a lot to traverse through and have, you know, taking the buses and the taxis and all different things. But when you're in Baños, it just feels much smaller. It feels like a village or a town. A lot of people are walking. Um, a lot of people know each other because it's so it's so small. So everybody there, all the tour operators, things like that, they all hang out together afterwards. Um, so it was easy after a few days to start to recognize faces around the town to make friends. Um, so it felt very safe for me. I would walk around at night, you know, from the restaurant to my hotel hotel and I felt okay doing that still being very alert because as with any new setting obviously you want to be clear on where you are and where you're going and things like that but I felt that generally I could walk around safely by myself at all times of the day uh, I felt like it was a much smaller manageable friendly place um, if for some, if somebody feels intimidated by a big city this could be a great place to start Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And, and just curious uh, for people thinking about going to Ecuador, uh, what are the current COVID travel restrictions as we record this in December of 2021? So the restrictions currently, Ecuador is open to tourism. You have to have a negative test upon arrival within three days. Uh, and I imagine that there's mass restrictions in certain buildings, um, but for the most part, they're open. So I would still, I would think now this is a great time to plan a trip to somewhere that is outdoors, that is, you know, really active, socially distanced, you know, um, mountain activities versus being in a really big city or feeling like you're doing a lot of your activities indoors, almost everything that you're doing in Baños is outdoors. Um, so I think it would be a great place to go now. Specifically, they are open, so they don't have um, really strict mandates other than testing and, and showing that negative test. Um, so I think it's definitely a great option to consider. All right. That's absolutely fantastic to hear. And just curious, what is next on your travel list? I have so many bucket list things I still want to do. And I think especially now since this last 
you know, year and a half, two years, we've all been locked up. Um, Mm -hmm. It becomes even more prevalent and more, you know, front of mind, the places that you still haven't seen and that you still want to see. So for me, I'd love to make it to Japan uh, more so now than ever, just because it feels like Asia has been off limits. Um, So uh, also I'm heading to Egypt next. That's my next planned trip. Um, so I've had, uh, I've had really great luck traveling to the Middle East during the pandemic because they just don't have, the restrictions are a little bit less intense or they're less prone to change than they would be, let's say in like the UK or something like that. Um, and it, it feels very safe there. I also felt like this is a great place to go and see these world wonders. I was in Petra earlier this year um, because there's a fraction of the people there. So I'm hoping that that'll be the case with the pyramids of Giza and that this will actually be one of the, you know, once in a lifetime opportunities to see it without tons and tons of tourists there without feeling like I'm crammed inside the pyramids with crowds of people. Um, So I'm hoping to take advantage of that and actually see them with a fraction of the people there. All right. Wow. Well, I would love to hear about your adventures and have you back on the show. Um, any other tips you'd like to, to give to our listeners? Sure. Uh, I think in general, when you're traveling solo, it's great to, um, be a little bit bolder with your options. Uh, I think in general, it, it can be really, intimidating or scary when you're going somewhere else to try something new, but I recommend doing it because that's the time when you're going to meet people while you're traveling. It's something really cool that you'll have to look forward to. So the excitement will outweigh outweigh the nerves of going somewhere new. If you know that you're looking to do this epic bucket list thing, like swing off the end of the world. Um, So don't be afraid to go and travel and do something unique on your own. I think that it'll give you something to look forward to. Uh, It can really embed your day with a lot of excitement and anticipation, even before you go on the trip, you know, definitely for months after as you're looking at at those pictures and reminiscing. So there's a lot of good that travel can do, even when it's done at you know, on a careful scale, maybe cutting back from the amount of travel you would have done before, you can still take these bucket list trips and still feel like you have a reprieve from your day-to-day routine and that you're able to try something really amazing. Um, And I think you're you're overdue at this point, right? So if you are somebody that's considering traveling, uh, travel sooner rather than later, because you never know when restrictions are going to change. So if you have the opportunity, just go for it, follow rules, you know, make sure that you're being respectful to the country make sure you're taking all the necessary tests. But if you have the opportunity, if anything, now more than ever, you should realize that travel is not guaranteed and that you should take any opportunity you have to see more of the world. Mm, That is very well said. Uh, Well, truly, thank you, Jen. And I'm just so happy to have you here today. And uh, we'll be following you and your travels. Thank you, Gail. It was so much fun. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast. If you are an experience seeker, then hit subscribe for the next experience adventures around the world. And again, to visit Jen's site, go to jenonajetplane.com. In the episode, she mentioned canyoneering, and we do have a canyoneering waterfall repelling episode 
on experiences that you should have. Uh, we also mentioned other parts of Ecuador, including uh, the Galapagos Islands. We have a Dive the Galapagos Islands episode on experiences that you should have if you are interested. Uh, as there are direct flights from Quito, which is where you would be flying into for this experience. So you could go dive the Galapagos on a liveaboard as well as experience the swing at the end of the world if you're looking to pile on many epic bucket list adventures. So stay tuned and until our next adventure.